Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, it's good to see you, uh, especially for those who uh, I don't know. My name is Owen. I'm one of the assistant pastors here at St. Paul's. So let me ask, add my welcome to Mark's. Tonight we have reached sermon number five in a seven-week uh, teaching series that we have been engaging with at our evening services where we have been focused on taking a fresh look at who God is. Taking a fresh look at who God is. We started last month with looking at topics like how God is a gracious God, a loving God, a humble God. And last week, I'm not sure if you were here, I encourage you to download it, Barry spoke excellently on how God is a redeeming God. And the topic that we're going to be looking at together tonight is how God is a personal God. How God is a personal God. Which is, I think, an incredible, uh, exciting title and topic. In fact, uh, thinking about this again, reflecting this afternoon, I'm, I'm not actually sure if there's anything more important, really. It is, I think, I believe, the bedrock, not just of Christian thought, but of the Christian faith. It's a topic full of connectivity, and not just something that we can hive off on its own. It runs in a whole host of interesting directions, each dynamic in its own right. And so, obviously, uh, we're not going to be able to cover every aspect uh, in, in, in these uh, 25 minutes together. But to think this through, we're going to need to briefly visit some other, I think, vital areas of thought. And I say that because I think to think and talk about a personal God as a personal God is is not just to think about who God is. It requires us to think about ourselves and where we come from. Hence our reading for tonight. And in terms of the consequences of that, we, and where we are going, which pulls us then into a sense of reality that is not just God-shaped, but it is God-filled. The reality of a social, self-revealing and personal God I believe, is the very lifeblood of the gospel that we preach. And as as I've just said, I believe it is key, not just to how we understand, understand ourselves, but ultimately how we understand the destiny of the world that we live in. So I'd, I'd, like, to, I'd like us to think about this in two ways. Firstly, uh, we need to think big, uh, with broad brushstrokes, Um, about God himself and relate that to our understanding of how God is a personal God. And then secondly, in the context of all of that, says about us and our uh, remarkable, unique capacity for relationship with God, I want us to think through what that says about our relationships with one another in particular and how that relates to our understanding of how God is a personal God. So firstly then, central to our understanding of God as personal has to be 
the reality that God himself is in relationship. Central to our understanding of God as personal has to be the reality that God himself is in relationship. Now, like I said earlier, we need to think in broad brushstrokes here for a minute or two. Key to this is how we conceive of God as Trinity. To be God according to the doctrine of the Trinity, and when I use that word uh, doctrine, what I mean is a belief or a set of beliefs that the church holds, uh, carries and teaches. So to be God according to the set of beliefs about the Trinity is to believe that God is three persons in relation and to believe that God is in communion. God is three persons in relation, a uh, communion of being. And this social trinity is not just some oddball being with a serious case of multiple personality disorder. The very human word, persons, doesn't really help us much here. We are not thinking about three completely separate individuals. The church in history has always wrestled and grappled with the, relation, the, the language of this. The three Trinitarian members, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are divine ways of one being that eternally exist within God in total unity, a threeness in a oneness. When we think of our own human relationships, for example, we think of them um, being with people who are like us, maybe. But people who are different and separate to us, not connected to us. For example, Mark and I are friends. I hope. Uh, I appreciate and I respect him. Uh, but he's not me. And I'm not him. Some laughter coming from your family's direction at the back. We are like each other. We're both incredibly handsome, wealthy, and popular. Uh, joking aside, we, we are two completely different people. But God, as Trinity, doesn't have relations. God is the relations he has or is in. And this is a, it is a brain bender. I know, but God as Trinity is the relation that he has. A threeness in a oneness. You might remember how in um, the way that the Gospel of John is constructed for us, beginning of or just towards the end of chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus makes a point of letting everyone around him, everyone doing life with him, to say, I and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. A threeness in a oneness. If Jesus were a totally other personality, for example, somehow apart, separate and different from the Father, he simply wouldn't be the Father's self-revelation. God as Trinity is the revealing God and the event of revelation and its effect on creation and humanity. 
The God of the Bible has his true being in communion. God is the social trinity consisting of threeness and oneness. And so central to our understanding of God as personal needs to be the reality that God himself is in relationship. So moving on, the second idea, the second thought, central to our understanding of God as personal must be the reality that we, as the human community, are made in God's image. We, as the human community, somehow, somehow are made in God's image. And I believe this to be one of the most striking statements, I I, I would say, in the entire Bible. It, It stops me in my tracks every time I read and study it. God as Trinity, being the creator and the preserver and the sustainer of everything seen and unseen. somehow made us made human beings in his image so the reality is the story of the personal God is the same story as what it means to be human and the way God as Trinity Father, Son and Holy Spirit gain their identity from interrelationality holds promises for us and for our understanding of what it means to be human. And the passage that we heard read earlier talks about the human community of Adam and Eve being God-like. Now, that's not to say that we are gods, but instead to say that we are made like God, by God. We are made in the image of the social trinity we have just been thinking and talking about together. One of my favorite authors of all time, his name is Walter Brueggemann. He's an Old Testament uh, theologian. And when he's thinking of writing about this passage in Genesis, he says this, We are called to a relatedness in otherness that echoes or reflects the eternal relatedness in otherness of God as Trinity. In the midst of all that God was doing in creation, he looked at the created human being and said, it's not good for man to be alone. And if being made in the image of God is to be made male and female, What is, I believe, implied is that in the most central of all human relatedness is that human beings are called to a life in relation, which is an echo of the relatedness of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The God who creates us as male and female calls us to find not just our true humanity in God, but but in each other. The God who creates us as male and female calls us to find our true humanity, not just with him, but with each other. 
We do. We, we need God. I was trying to reflect on how best to describe this. That, uh, we do. We need God. We need God desperately. But, but we need each other as well. I'm better off because of you. I, I really am. I'm, I'm better off because of this place. We can't make it alone. We're not designed to. We're not, we're not wired that way. We're better off together. And I know there's a lot of this is, it's quite hard hitting and it's quite challenging, but I think, I think more than anything, I believe we need this challenge to how we conceive of ourselves and, and how we conceive of the nature of personhood, what it, what it means to be a human in 2011. And it does, obviously, stand controversially counter to so much of what we see and hear in the world around us. Even just picking it up on the streets and how people talk on their phones to each other on the tube or whatever. You get that message of, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need you. I'm my own person. I don't, definitely don't need God. I'm, I'm going to make it on my own. I believe that the Bible teaches that human nature is not something that ever makes sense in isolation of God. But I, but I think what the Bible teaches is that human nature is something that never makes sense without each other. And not only are we made uniquely with the capacity for relationship with God, which is probably a whole sermon series in and of itself, but the consequences of God making us in his image are immense. And they point us to the reality that we were created with this need for relationship with each other. And the concept of self is not just some random abstract essence that determines the character of somebody. The self in its most raw and basic shape is a self that emerges communally rather than in isolation. The idea being, I, I emerge um, with, with, with others emerging. The work of God in my life alongside of the work of God in your life. The work of God in us. The work of God in this place, in this community. The, the author I mentioned earlier further on in, in, in that piece I was rereading again uh, he, he writes this the self can only be understood in the light of thou the other that is to say self is a concept of relation self is a concept of relation 
not only are we to see ourselves as ourselves um, on our own, but there's something of ourselves that relates to and comes alive in community. And without it, we are lacking. We are called to a relatedness in otherness that echoes and reflects the eternal relatedness in otherness of God as Trinity. I want us to finish um, tonight by looking at a music video um, that is storming the world right now um, um, by someone called Adele. Anyone got her new album? One person who's, oh, George as well, great, okay. Over ten and a half million people have, have watched this on YouTube. Over ten and a half million people. Uh, I, it's not just because she's a great singer. It's, it's not just because of the way she performed the Brits. It's not just because of the way she performed on Jules Holland, as remarkable and significant as they were. But what she's singing about, what she's putting words on, is relatedness in otherness. What, what, she's, what she's trying to grasp at is not just the breakdown of romantic love, but it's the sense of how she had found something of herself in relationship to somebody else and it's gone now and she's well the lyrics they go like this I heard that you've settled down and that you've found a girl and you're married now I heard that your dreams came true I guess that she gave you the things I couldn't give to you old friend why are you so shy it's not like you to hold back or hide from the light. I hate to turn up out of the blue, uninvited, but I couldn't stay away. I couldn't fight it. I had hoped that you'd see my face and that you'd be reminded that for me, it's not over. It's not just a song about romantic love lost. It's a song that says... The self, which is understood in the light of otherness. It was something that she had found like, unlike anything else that she'd ever experienced. And beyond the memories and the experiences of physical or romantic love is a, a deeper, broader connection and a wider reality which though the relationship is obviously over, is still very much present and still very much lingers for her. God in us as individuals and God between us as people in relationship with him and with, with each other. This reality of relatedness in otherness, which is present within us, um, uh, as the image of the social trinity, God of trinity, is, it's a profound thing. The story of the personal God is the same story 
as what it means to be human. And central to our understanding of God as personal must be the reality that we as humans are made in God's image. This has got to be something that we continue to press into and uh, and endeavor to engage with and ask God for wisdom in and for. This reality, it teaches us and leads and centers us on creation and God's purposes in creation rather than just on the distortion of the fall as the guiding purpose and motif for Christian mission, which stands in total contrast from those for whom the enormity of the fall, rather than the glory of God in creation, has become the principal subject of proclamation. A message of God in creation over and above the message of the fall and distortion. The reality of a social, self-revealing and personal God is the lifeblood of the gospel that we preach. God in creation is God as Trinity. Our understanding of God as personal has to be um, the reality that God himself is in rela- relationship. Sorry, our understanding of God as person has to involve the reality that God himself is in relationship. God as Trinity, threeness in oneness, is the true source of our life as individuals, our life together, the life of the church, and the life and destiny of the world around us. He lifts the lowly and he sets prisoners free. He heals our memories and anxieties. And we worship and praise him for it. Let's stand together.